listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another new episode of ESL Talk, the first of 2022. Yes, can't believe we're here already. And we are your hosts, Faye. And Daniel. And last episode on being a polyglot and teaching ESL provided a lot of food for thought on skills and assets for teachers. And today, we're shifting our focus to the learner and how we can be better prepared to assist those that may have a learning disability. Yeah, we'll be talking about what are some of the most common disabilities that teachers may encounter, how can we better prepare ourselves for these, and what can we do in the classroom to make sure all of our learners make the most of their learning opportunities. And for that, today we will speak to our guest Naya, an early childhood educator with extensive experience dealing with children with learning disabilities. She also has experienced learning English as a second language while overcoming her own struggles with ADHD and dyslexia. Yeah, real expert. So mm-hmm. before we hear from Naya, let's dive into this topic together, Faye, and let's talk about mm-hmm. our experiences teaching students who may have learning disabilities. So um, Faye, let me ask you what your experiences are or have been working mm-hmm. with students with learning disabilities. Yeah, I'd say I've had two different sets of experience. Uh, first, with students that had been diagnosed. Um, and most often, these were students who had dyslexia, Uh, which we know it can be often uh, coupled with ADHD. But um, I've had a few students uh, from Europe, mostly, who would come in to the exam prep class, actually, where they had to do like reading exams, that timed readings and stuff like that, and or writings. And after one or two classes, they would tell me, actually, this is difficult for me because I have dyslexia and something like that. And it was really helpful for me to know that. Um, so that I could try to help them have different strategies for coping with it. Because unfortunately, these standardized tests don't take that into account. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not really given any extra time or anything um, to make up for that. But then I could try to help them relieve some of that stress. And then I also had a lot of students who I could tell had undiagnosed uh, needs like that. Right. Um, most of these were from Asia and from what I spoke to some students about and from what I could gather, this is sort of a taboo there and mm-hmm, not really mm-hmm. spoken about much. Um, right. So it was, it was hard because 
I, I'm, I'm not going to say that they have something. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But then at the same right. time, I could tell that they were struggling with something that was beyond my ability to help them with. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about for you? What kind of experiences have you had? Yeah, just to kind of connect to what you said um, about maybe cultural differences in Asia. Um, mm-hmm. When I worked in Korea, you know, I, I taught in a kind of a mainstream school. So there were children um, that I taught who did have some learning disabilities and um, some that were diagnosed as well. So it was very challenging because if I have a, a class of 30 or 35 sometimes students, I have such a wide range of needs and wide mm-hmm. range of abilities. And it really meant that I had to differentiate a lot. And I wanted to obviously make sure that everyone can access the materials yeah. um, and access the the lessons. So it was just a lot more planning on my side, which was fine because I want to make sure that, you know, the student who might be having the most challenge and the student that's going to have the least challenge that they at least are able to take something from the lesson. Um, right. So that was that was a really important experience for me. And then when I was in the UK as well, I was dealing with a lot of behavioral issues. Uh-huh. Um, now, some of that obviously, you know, was down to a lot of different reasons. Um, and again, some of those were diagnosed or disclosed, some were not. Um, and again, that just kind of really helped me in my approach with my communication, with how I dealt with certain mm-hmm. students when I was um, interacting with them and teaching them. So that taught me, again, a lot of um, really important skills, and a lot of really important um experiences that I mm-hmm. use and today in the university setting which I'm kind of most uh, comfortable with I haven't really seen it to the same extent or students mm-hmm. might even self-identify or they just say I want to let you know this and that that does make things a lot easier for me um, to plan but I think those are some of the experiences that I've had which I guess are kind of similar to yours as well mm-hmm. I guess but, a um, lot of uh, a lot of teachers can uh, relate to that right and, I think so and I find I that the so. trickiest is when it's the undisclosed or undiagnosed mm-hmm. um, disabilities. How mm-hmm. do you help students in those situations? I think the way that I would approach it is not to go from the angle of it's an issue or it's a problem because it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's just a different way of processing information or a different way of learning. So I might approach it from how asking the student how they learn best or what Mm-hmm. method of delivery works best for them so sure. maybe something as simple as for example you know Faye I noticed that um you weren't really paying much attention to the clip the video clip that we watched so would you prefer just an audio version of that would that work better for you mm-hmm. um, and that's a really simple tweak that you can do to your lesson that works really well for students I know in the past um, some students have found it difficult to really listen to me during lectures so what mm-hmm. I've done in the past is is recorded the lecture me speaking and also a video version so they can obviously be there in person they have a video and they also have the audio as right. well as the slides and the material so it sounds uh-huh. like a lot but it's not really no it's just no. a couple of clicks um so that's really helped me to help students um and then another way is just having a you know a, a discussion of you know, it seems that you're finding this difficult and asking why and being investigative, mm-hmm. not being accusatory or right. uh, negative, just asking the why questions and how we can find a solution. And generally the student might open up a little or they might disclose something or they might share something. And then you can use that to kind of meet them in the middle. Um, that's mm. a good good way to, to solve that. Um, but how about for you, Faye? How do you manage students who might struggle or, you know, might access materials differently to others? Yeah, in terms of materials, I can I 
find that can be a bit tricky when we don't have that much control over it, right? If if it's a, a class like general English or even like um, academic preparation where I can control the material, I try to make it more accessible. I've even had students who were colorblind before. So mm-hmm. first couple of classes, I, I like to color code my board a lot, but then they couldn't tell the difference between certain colors. So I'd make sure, okay, which colors can you differentiate from and I would only use those mm-hmm. little things like that um, and just printing with fonts that are easier to read um, like Arial or even Times New Roman that's a serif fonts mm-hmm. but the the trickiest thing for me had has always been dealing with students who are preparing for an exam because they won't get those um, I'd say adaptations, they won't get those tweaks um, from the exam. Mm -hmm. So I found that for those students, the best thing was to show them exactly what they were going to encounter on the day so that they, it doesn't add to their anxiety Mm -hmm. and show them, this is exactly what the exam will look like. This is how the, the text will be printed. This is what you can do with it. You can unstaple the pages. You can put them side by side or whatever, you know, this is what you can and cannot do on the day. Um, because there's only so much you can control in terms right. of material, right? It's a really so good point. trying to help. No surprises, sense. basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I found yeah. that works really well with, with students that I've worked with by saying, you know, if you're going to be successful in an exam or a test, having no surprises is great because right. when you're surprised or thrown off, that can really affect um, the way you, you, you know, work. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a really important point. Um, yeah. So what are some activities or materials that you find work well for students who may have a shorter attention span or they might have really high energy in your class? Mm -hmm. So I I always try to, like a simple thing is try to make sure the students are active every five to 10 minutes, they are doing something actively, whether it's comparing answers in pairs or standing and changing partners or, you know, like coming Mm -hmm. to write something up on the board. These are little, little things that you can just be mindful of like how long have my students been sitting down Yes. and how long have they been quiet, right? Mm-hmm. Just like little things. Okay. Instead of us all working on this on our own, let's just talk a little bit or, and then you can also obviously do things like instead of doing a reading on their own with the paragraphs in front of them, just posting the paragraphs around the room and having them go around searching for the answers and um, just simple things like that simple ways of making them move, right? And um, adapting the material and the activities so that they are not just in their spot. Makes a lot of sense. The whole time. Yeah, I think it's just a way, just changing our mindset in that sense, right? Sure. And uh, and what about for young learners then? That comes to mind for me because I don't have a lot of experience with young learners, Mm -hmm. but this is even more apparent in that case, right? How have you helped these students? Very similar to what you said. I try to have that empathy and think, okay, if I was a seven-year-old learning a new language, how would I feel? Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, break it down. Like you said, all right, we're not just going to watch something. We're going to act or we're going to mm-hmm. dance. or we're going to sing. I mean, that's a very basic example. Maybe if we get to a more structured academic um, mindset, it would be, like you said, working in pairs, working in groups, um, giving them things that keep their hands busy is really, mm. really useful. Right. So I used to do a lot of not crafts, but more like cutting shapes or cutting pictures and sticking them in the right places, making posters, presentations, mm-hmm. things like that are really useful because busy hands are busy minds. And if yeah. you keep, especially younger ones, you keep their hands moving, then you're going to keep their mind focused um, on things. Um, but 
What else I find important is just to keep checking in with the students so you don't lose them because the attention span is pretty short. So mm -hmm. if I'm reading a story, if I'm doing an online class and I'm reading a story with a student every minute, I might just stop them and say, oh, you know, have you ever been in this situation before? Or, mm -hmm. you know, they're eating this. Have you ever tried this food? Just to keep them on side and keep that mm -hmm. mind ticking over. That's a really good way to do it. And then again, just to try to keep bringing it back and building on what you did previously. That can be a really nice way um, to help those high energy students by just kind yeah. of getting them back on track. Oh, what was the name of that character? What did he mm -hmm. look like? Um, and then it keeps their brain moving again. Busy mind right. keeps the attention. Yeah. And then it helps them review and, and retain that information yeah, as well. It's, mm -hmm. it's tricky. It takes time, but it can definitely be done. Mm -hmm. um, but that's for like younger learners for me in a one-to-one -one context. But what about for you teaching students with disabilities in a one-to-one -one context? I mm -hmm. mean, have you done this and how did you approach it to, to help those students succeed? Yeah, like, like again, the most of the one-to-one -one teaching I've done was either exam prep or for very specific purposes, mm -hmm. um, like for uh, business English, pre preparing for presentations and things like that. Um, in that case, I find it, it, it's a lot easier for the student to be honest or more open with you and mm. disclose this type of information, which once they do, um, you just have to really embrace it and be like, okay, they trust me. Yes. So you can trust them as well. And just be honest with um, what you, the extent of your knowledge is. And like you said, they usually know what they need. Mm -hmm. So just, especially for, for those out there that are not that experienced, just ask the student like, okay, you have this, difficulty or this challenge or how have you coped with it in the past how have you coped with this in your own language because usually you can transfer those skills and then just being mindful of of those little things that can help them and just kind of taking their lead on that and yeah. if they don't really know how to cope with it then you might have to do a little bit more research and uh, reach out to more people but um I guess our guest will be able to help us yes. help us with that as well, right? Uh, with some ideas and some uh, simple things that can be helpful for these certain needs that students might have, right? So let's um, turn to our guest today, Naya, who will share her experiences on teaching students with learning disabilities. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, Naya. Welcome to ESL Talk. Hi. Hello. Thank you guys Hi, for having me. So Naya, as yeah. we do with all of our guests, we just like to start off today by asking if you could share with us your teaching story, um, maybe how you got started and, and where you are today in your journey. Yes, of course. Um, my teaching story starts in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Um, I had the opportunity to study in one of the best universities of Brazil in education. I don't know if you know, but in Brazil, to get into a public university, you need to pass through a test competing with the whole country and to get into a private university you can do the same but you can get a scholarship as well and, and those were my two options <laughs> I only could study if I get into a public university or a scholarship because my family didn't have money mm-hmm. so that's what I did <laughs> and there I could just see more about my own state, my own country. I could know people from other places. And uh, it was a great experience. It was mm-hmm. a time to grow, you know. And what <laughs> were you studying? Pedagogy. Mm-hmm. In Brazil, we studied pedagogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I studied education and then I, I studied neuroscience. And mm-hmm. after that, psychopedagogy. Psychopedagogy. Wow. It's from Argentina. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys know about it, but uh, I don't know if you have something like this mm-hmm. in North America, but in Latin America, it's really big. Because of, of my university, um, I did an a internship in a public school. Mm-hmm. It was a public school linked to the university. It mm-hmm. was called Capi Wesh. It's mm-hmm. a school of application. The teachers like came from the university and Mm -hmm. most of the teachers would have the doctor degree so it was a huge opportunity too Mm -hmm. and I could learn a lot there my tutors there they guided me to work in a program called it's too good to play at the school and muito bom brincar na escola it's Mm. really good to play in the school and this program used to introduce the kids to old activities street activities mm. and it was linked to another program i started to see that most of the kids in school when they have a problem they don't call the adults there i don't know mm-hmm. if they don't yeah. trust the adults i don't know what mm-hmm. really happened with this i don't know if they don't feel open to talk about it mm-hmm. but they start to 
express this into the playfulness activities, mm-hmm. you know? They start to express their feelings. And we could see that with these activities, mm-hmm. with these programs. Did you work more specifically with children with learning disabilities as well? Yeah, I started to work with this during this program. I mm. could just I could just see the, the kids, they struggling with their learning disabilities and no one was able to do something. The teachers were, were too busy to handle with yeah. this disability. So I yeah. was there and I started to make some notes and I tried to study this and I started mm-hmm. to make the links. Now I'm just studying to get into a master's here in Canada. In Brazil, I could do, do this to post-degree studies in neuroscience and psychopedagogy mm-hmm. to get into a master's degree. And now I'm, I want to study the trauma. Um, Naya, would you also mind sharing a little bit about your personal experience with learning disabilities and how that influenced your English studies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can notice how much the playfulness could help the kids and to understand complex concepts and make it easier and funny for them. And I start to remember all the times I created something to create something I do to try to understand something really hard for me. Mm. And I could adapt the content for my comprehension. Um, And this way I could notice that I was always struggling with with some parts of my learning process. Mm. When the content was introduced in a traditional way, uh, I don't know if you guys express it like this here, but mm-hmm. in Brazil, we, we use a lot of this word, <laughs> we use a lot of this word, traditional. Um, mm-hmm. I was always creating my own tools to handle with uh, mm-hmm. the hard part. I was always... Um, I was trying to create uh, a memory game, uh, music, or mm-hmm. trying to record myself. Um, and I always knew that. I always knew that I need to create something to try to understand. Um, my grades were good. Mm-hmm. I, and I only noticed that when I was in my post-degree. Mm. Because um, I don't know if other people could notice that. Probably because mm-hmm. bullying was always present in my life, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know the reason. I know yeah. that uh, I'm different. I don't know why. Uh, the way I see the things is different, mm-hmm. but I don't know how different it is. Right. I, yeah. I didn't notice this before, uh, and I could be sure of that when I started my post degree in neuroscience, and mm. because of my own experience Mm -hmm. I could help other children to understand that a disability I I don't like this this word actually yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's just a different way to see the same thing and Mm -hmm. most of the time a fun way to do the same thing Mm -hmm. Uh, a disability can can do that for you Mm -hmm. Uh, you can see the same thing totally different Mm -hmm. you can see a game in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to explain this sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've got yeah. it. I've got it. It's not necessarily yeah. about a disadvantage. It's about a different way of doing something. Yeah, maybe right? not exactly. the traditional exactly. way, right? Not the expected exactly. way. Yeah, exactly. It's not the expected way. And yeah. then I start to to read about other people with disabilities. I mm-hmm. really hate this word. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, 
with other needs. I prefer mm -hmm. to use this with other needs. Uh, and I discovered that most of the brilliant people in the world used to have something related, uh, a different need. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. And for my English studies, I can say that I love to learn new languages because communication is the key to most mm. of the problems with mm -hmm. kids, with adults. If you can communicate, you can res resolve a problem. And if you don't understand someone, you can't resolve a problem. It's mm -hmm. for me, it's simple. So I really wanted to learn English and French and German and Hebrew and I really love to know other languages. So Naya, um, are there any specific signs or flags that ESL teachers can watch out for that may signal that a learner might have a disability like dyslexia, for instance? Uh, the first thing that teachers can pay attention is the focus. Mm -hmm. Are they focused or on the activity or they used to space out during the class? Mm -hmm. how, how, did the re how did they read? Um, mm -hmm. They pause, how can communicate, how, how they express themselves. I get so nervous when I need to speak, when I need mm. to talk in front of the people that I need to make my notes. Mm -hmm. I know everything that I need to say, but if I don't make notes, I get so nervous that I right. can't even speak. I know everything. I know everything I, I wrote, but if I don't have my notes, I totally mm. spaz out. I, I, I forgot to say, uh, I have ADHD and mm -hmm. dyslexia associated mm -hmm. with ADHD. Everything I do with this, the kids and the students, I do with my, I did with myself first. Mm -hmm. That was the reason I started to study neuroscience because I right. wanted to understand my own brain. I wanted to understand with my own brain why mm -hmm. I can't learn like the other people, why I need to do everything like this, why mm -hmm. I need to make all these games, why I need to record myself when I read something, mm -hmm. why when I read something loud, I can't understand why I'm reading why i need to record my voice to understand mm -hmm. you know right and teachers can pay attention like i used to do i used to read very well but i couldn't understand what mm. i was reading right i need to record myself and then listen and then i could understand what i was reading so the comprehension to the, 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 comprehension, the audio yes. is better than written form you'd say yes for dyslexia mm -hmm. and i could talk with other with kids most of the time, but other adults, they feel the same. Mm. Uh, it's really easier when we watch something, when we listen something, mm. than when we read. Right. We read, we can read, but mm -hmm. it takes so much time. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're not smart. Of course, Just the not, yeah. way your brain works, mm -hmm. uh, the way your synapses make the connections, it's, it's different. It's just mm -hmm. different. And we need to understand that this. Mm -hmm. um, so the signs, they spell out. They have the comprehension of what they are reading. They understand everything. They can organize the notebook. You need to pay attention on the notes if they can organize everything because we have some problems with borders with mm -hmm. the limits of the the paper you know oh, we yeah. used to yeah we used to write everything around and make uh, some and make some <laughs> something like this some mm -hmm. signs and like circles scribbles. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So what do you think um, are some ways that we can make the materials at least more suitable for all of our learners, including these that may have like mm-hmm. different learning needs, like you said, yeah. right? So are there some things that some tricks or some tips that you have that are mm-hmm. <laughs> easy to follow for teachers? Yes, of course. Um, record all the classes. Oh, it's okay. a good way. It's really helpful. And for dyslexia, we can use some fonts mm-hmm. like Ariel Verdana, Ariel, Ariel Verdana, Ariel Verdana. Sorry, no wingdings though. <laughs> yeah, no wingdings. No, no, exactly, exactly. Very, very simple. You need to yes. be very, very simple, very, very clear. The paper needs to be very clear. And if you are, if it is a face-to-face to class, you guys can bring, uh, it's a kind of plastic, mm-hmm. you know, I don't remember the name right now. It's the same plastic, plastic of the x-ray. It's the same plastic. Like transparencies? But, yes, transparencies, but it has some colors on it. Ah. It's red, green, blue, pink, and okay. you can bring it to the class. It helps a lot. You can put this plastic in front of this. It, it's a plastic. <laughs> you okay. can put this plastic um, on the top of the paper, uh-huh. and you can see which one match for each student. It's, mm-hmm. It is really help, helpful, not for all the dyslexia students. Mm-hmm. Some of the students with dyslexia can... It can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. And what about in terms of activities? Like um, mm-hmm. what kinds of tasks? So you mentioned um, recordings and things like that can be yes. helpful. What mm-hmm. other activities that we could do that could increase their motivation in when they're learning English as a second language? Uh, most of the studies about it um, and what I used to do, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's about ludicity playfulness you Mm. can try to make memory games you can try to make songs and know the interest you know you need to know their hobbies and match the content with this you can you can always try to know each student yeah i know it's hard Mm -hmm. uh, no but personalizing a little bit personalizing something that's really essential Yes, exactly. You need to know your students and you need to know their hobbies, their interests, and try to match. For example, mm-hmm. uh, A, A, D, H, D students, the, we have the hyper focus. Mm-hmm. When you are interested in something, we totally, f- we can talk about it for hours and hours without mm-hmm. eating, without drinking, without <laughs> sleeping, without going to the bathroom we just stay there and do that for hours and hours and hours without noticing right so yes so we we have something like this with something really interesting for us we totally forget about everything so mm-hmm. for example if the student student likes soccer you can try to make the content about soccer mm-hmm. so they they're gonna learn really really fast mm-hmm. it'll be easier to relate something and the brain works like this you mm-hmm. learn with connections. If you already have something in your brain connecting this, your brain would be so much faster. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, Naya, is there anything you'd recommend that teachers avoid doing in class and something that we might change depending on the age group? Comparing the students, mm-hmm. we can't compare. Never. Don't compare the process. Don't compare what they are doing at the moment. 
never criticize, focus on the good things of the process, mm. right? what they can do better, never compare the students, um, because every, every student is totally unique, every brain mm-hmm. is totally unique, it's impossible to do the same thing every time, it's impossible to have the same result, result mm-hmm. the same yep. result, it's totally impossible to do that. So we need to focus on this person, this process, uh, and about learning different ways always, as I told you before, mm-hmm. uh, recording games, trying to use different fonts, simple mm-hmm. fonts, and you need to focus on it and avoid complicated stuff. Avoid to do a lot of things at the same time, mm-hmm. a movie and a test. And a, it can work for ADHD students, but for other disabilities, it's a nightmare. It's mm. a totally a nightmare. Yeah. Mixing stuff, mixing music with writing, with mm. reading at the same times and games. It's crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's very, it? it's, it's very maybe overstimulating. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's overstimulating. It's a sensorial mass, you know, mm-hmm. it, the people can, can go home and, oh my gosh, I don't want to see this content again. I don't want <laughs> yeah. to learn about this again. Yeah. You Which know? really because connects to the, the next thing I wanted to ask you, because mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of our classes seem to be designed that way. A lot of tests are designed that way. Um, so how can we help our students who may be struggling, who may have these different learning needs, stay motivated? Because mm-hmm. I can easily see them just going home, like you said, I mean, like, I'm never going back to that class again, or I, yes. I'm not, I'm never going to learn English. So how can we help them stay motivated? We can focus about the person, not as a group, but always mm-hmm. about a person. And we can try to talk individually and try to discover what is really bothering this person mm-hmm. in particular and try to adapt some way yeah? try to adapt the content mm-hmm. uh, i know it's it's really hard when you talk about a group i know it's really when i was teaching with a big class i used i used to do many activities inside of a theater, you know, with mm-hmm. six or two children at the same time. So it was a huge mess. It was crazy. But in the end of the day, I was happy because they were happy. And mm-hmm. I used to do a lot, a lot of activities there. And and then I could talk with it, it kid and and discover what they liked much, what it was a huge problem for them. Mm-hmm. And it's always like this. You mm-hmm. can try to do the same activity for them, and then you can need to talk with each student and try to discover what this student needs. Mm-hmm. So trying to have needs, that one, yeah. one-on-one time with each student. Yes. And you'd say that yes. that's the same for adult learners, not only exactly. for children. No, no, yeah. it's the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, really interesting. Very insightful. Mm-hmm. So exactly. would you recommend any additional reading or any... Um, source of knowledge for the topic that you know that we might recommend for teachers that they can read to help them learn more about this yes um, I think it's really important to learn about the brain and how mm-hmm. the brain Definitely. the brain works the synapses works uh, for example 
for example, and then start to read the specific books about learning disabilities. Most of the, my reading is in Portuguese. Now I start to read in English and other languages like Spanish. And but I I separate some books here to to show you guys. I separate. Mm. Um, for example, this is a neuroscientist, one of the best of the world, and she's a Brazilian. Mm. It's Susana Herculano Rosa, uh, The Human Advantage. Mm. This is a really great one. And mm. also, uh, Susana Herculano, The Big Question of Neuroscience. Mm. The Big Question of Neuroscience. The yes. Big Question of Neuroscience. This is some introductory, neuroscience introductory, and mm -hmm. about disabilities mm. by Jonathan Mooney, Learning Outside the Lines. Mm. And another, another one, Thinking Differently. Think mm -hmm. Differently by David Flink. Mm -hmm. uh, the next one, The Gift of Dyslexia by Ronald D. Davids. And the two other books I really loved and I really changed my way to see the education. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys heard about it. Yeah, he's it's... very he's very famous, well known in the education, uh, yes, in the education yes. world outside of <laughs> outside of Brazil as well. I've heard uh, yeah. several people talk about him here in Canada and, and exactly. even during my masters. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. United States as well. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, one of those books is Education of the Heart mm -hmm. and Education for Critical Conscious Consciousness. Mm -hmm. Education for Critical Consciousness. Great. Both, both Paulo Freire's. Nice. That's great. Yeah, lots of good mm -hmm. recommendations there. Yes, yes. Great. <laughs> and now, good. finally, um, what is one piece of advice you would give teachers who are just starting out teaching English to adults or maybe children, and they might have students with these learning, different learning needs? Mm -hmm. uh, positive education. Positive yeah. education is the best start for educators. Before starting to take care of a kid, go to therapy. <laughs> go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Try mm -hmm. to understand own feelings first. Right. This is really, really important. Why are you mad? Why are you sad? Why are mm -hmm. you stressed out? Why the crying bother you so much? Mm -hmm. Why are you feeling angry all the time? Why do you want to take care of a kid? Why do you want to have a kid? Do you really want to work with kids? And why? Mm -hmm. I think we need to answer these questions first and try to understand this first. These are really good questions. And I used to ask this to myself all the time. Yeah. And uh, I was always trying to answer these questions. And now I know to answer. I know how to answer mm -hmm. all these questions. And this made me a better educator. For sure. And I'm always trying to prove myself. And then I try to teach them. Yes, yes. No, knowing it's, why and knowing, asking yourself why is, it's a very difficult question. So mm -hmm. if we can yeah. understand the why and the how of, of the certain things in the process, I think that makes it a lot easier to try to, try to work with, right? Exactly. How can our mm -hmm. listeners connect with you if they want to learn more about this topic or they want to maybe share their own stories um, working yeah. with this or, or having their own learning needs? 
Yeah, now I'm trying to make more content for internet because <laughs> I don't have time to do everything, but uh, it's Naya Poch on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's at Naya, N-A-Y-A, P-O-T-S-C-H. Great. Naya Poch on mm -hmm. Instagram. And I try to make some content there and yeah. I'm always trying to answer some questions there and mm -hmm. I'm studying. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a lot to learn. Uh, I want to, to learn how to make a podcast as well and mm -hmm. try to talk with other teachers and trying to improve my English and try to <laughs> talk in English. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. Well, we can, we can also link your Instagram to our Instagram post about oh, the nice. podcast. So if our listeners want to find you more easily, just go to our own Instagram and they can find it there. Great. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Naya, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss a very important topic that we all need to consider as ESL teachers. And we also want to wish all our listeners a happy new year. This is our first episode of the year, and we will be announcing some huge news for all of us here on ESL Talk in early 2022. Yes, we will. We have some big things in the pipeline, which hopefully you'll find out about over the next week or so. So stay mm -hmm. tuned for that. We're really excited. And as always, if you found the content of the episode useful, we'd love to hear from you. Please do get involved. We've had some wonderful interactions with mm -hmm. you guys um, over the last year. So please keep that up. Yes. Make sure to get in touch with us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast, or you can send us an email to Podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us individually on Instagram. You can find me at Learning with Faye. Faye is F-E-Y. Or at I'm Daniel Teacher. I've actually started posting again. So hopefully you guys <laughs> can join me there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.